All right, welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you from Elsie's, another Tuttle's operation. His awesome, awesome restaurant, Split Rocks up in Wyoming. Tuttle's out in Hopkins, which is the flagship, which we were at last week and incredibly uh, beautifully renovated. And here tonight at Elsie's here in Northeast Minneapolis, Anthony LaPanta, Michael Russo. Our next live show is actually a week from Tuesday, yes, uh, a couple days ago. Week from Tuesday at Kowalski's in Uptown. This is going to be a really fun show. 7 p.m. Uh, outdoor seating. We're going to have meat samples. Anthony is going to be uh, at the grill, and we're going to be talking wild. So definitely come on out. Uh, free steak from Anthony. It'll be great steaks, too. The last time we did it was up in Shoreview, and it was terrific. Had a great turnout. You get to sample some great steaks. We're not going to do a competition this time. Apparently, the guy wouldn't give me a rematch after he beat me the last time around. So... We'll just go with with uh, free samples of steaks. But the steaks will be awesome. The show will be fun. Come on out. Uh, it's next Tuesday night, the 30th. We've done probably 52 shows since then, and that was my favorite show, just watching Anthony get humbled <laughs> by uh, the Kowalskis. I didn't get humbled. I just got beat. Yeah, you I got humbled. I was humble going in. I knew I was going to lose. No, so you're, you're, the, you're the grill out, master. I, well, so. I mean, I like my steaks, but this guy broke out. He had the like full roll of Amish butter and all kinds of fresh herbs, and I showed up with a little baggie of salt and pepper. I kind of thought I was in trouble. And his were his steaks were really good. Yep. And I think uh, next show after that, so that's August 30th, 7 p.m. at Kowalski's in Uptown. Definitely come on out. It's a great Kowalski's. Uh, when I lived out here in Minneapolis, I went there all the time. Um, and our next live show after that, I believe, is September 12th at Tuttle's. So September 12th, my mother's birthday at Tuttle's. Uh, my mom, every September 12th, is convinced I'm going to come in there and surprise her. She's going to know this year I'm not. <laughs> so, sorry, Mom. Uh, September 12th, Tuttle's. Uh, so, Anthony, um, Sunday dinner at your house the other day. I mean, you know, I know you, ever, you get your meat usually from Kowalski's. And so, uh, Margo made this incredible uh, um, chuck roast. And if you know Anthony, he's very prolific on Instagram. He takes pictures of everything he cooks. No pictures of the chuck roast, though. Apparently, it wasn't good enough for Anthony. Yeah. But I'm like, wow. This Kowalski's I heard about that a little bit yeah. that night, too. I'm like, this Kowalski's meat is incredible. And then you're like, actually, tell, tell, yeah, tell her we, where you got well, this meat from. We bought Justin Morneau, who's one of our analysts with the Twins, and, of course, played with the Twins, MV, former MVP. He's a tremendous guy. He was also my captain in Wiffle Wars once. Yeah, yeah, it was one well, of his proudest his, moments. So captaincy is not his greatest strength if he chose you on his team. But That's true. But he's, he's a great guy. And since, I think it was late in his playing days, but for sure in retirement, he's changed his eating habits. So he basically wanted to have everything he ate be organic with and zero pesticides, chemicals. Well, the only way he, when you're Justin Morneau, could think of to do that was to basically start your own ranch. So he raises his own cattle. They're Scottish Highland cattle. They're just grass-fed. He built a big greenhouse to grow all of his own herbs and vegetables, and he has a lemon and a lime and a grapefruit tree in, his, in this greenhouse that he grows year-round. has about 45 chickens that lay all these eggs, and he eats the chicken and the eggs, obviously. And, but bottom line is, we bought a quarter of one of his cows, <laughs> And he was, we were chatting at dinner one night at a game, and, and I'm always kind of fascinated by the way people choose to eat, to take care of their body and everything. So we were talking about what he eats and how he eats, and it came to be that he raises these cattle. And I was like, well, I'd be kind of curious to try it. And I said, well, the next time we slaughter one of them, if you want to buy a quarter of one, we can do it. So we bought a quarter of it, and it, it's actually, it's been pretty interesting. It's 
I don't know if you guys are steak people or burger people or whatever. I mean, there's a little bit of a difference grass-fed compared to grain-fed, the taste in the, in the meat. But it's been great to have it in our freezer in the garage because now, last minute, we've got, or night before, it can't be last minute, I guess, but we've got stuff available. And so Margo made this chuck roast, and it was terrific. It was not. It was unbelievable. It actually. wasn't malicious that I didn't take pictures of it and post them. It was just that I was really hungry when I got home from the Twins there game that night. There is zero chance that if you made that chuck roast that you would not have put that on Instagram. I might not have. I was busy, if I remember right. I was probably mixing cocktails for all of our actually, guests on actually, the patio. You know, do you remember what happened? Actually, I showed up there, and you were doing like lawn work, and you were like, I didn't even know you were coming. That's true, actually. Yeah, so, I, was, <laughs> I, I basically did invite myself. So uh, I'm like, oh, well, how yeah. was it? Welcome to you. You know, you yeah, RSVP no, it was, was, it was really good. We watched, uh, what did we So did you just we RSVP before invited. No, that's exactly what happened. I'm like, hey, it's a beautiful night. <laughs> I knew it was a Sunday, of course. I'm like, it's a beautiful night. You want to go sit on a patio somewhere? And like, you know, <laughs> just hope. in short yeah, view? Yeah, just hoping they would say my patio and, you know, your patio rather than anyway. So that was good. So, uh, by the way, Grain Belt is here, one of our proud, proud, awesome uh, sponsors. We're proud of them. They're uh, maybe not as us, but um, two for ones tonight of Grain uh, Grain Belt Beer, if you get a, a couple beers, go get yourself a raffle ticket. If you ask a question at this mic here, um, you also get raffle tickets. At the end of the night, we'll be auctioning off a Shells sign and an autographed Anthony LaPanta uh, Grain Belt t-shirt, which um, people are just dying for right now. And um, if you haven't noticed, the Wild have not answered, uh, at, done anything really in the last two months. So please ask questions tonight, because uh, otherwise Anthony and I are going to be talking about Justin Morneau's cow for the rest of the night. I did see Bill Guerin last night, yeah. but, he, but he didn't. He didn't give me any insight onto anything that we should talk uh, he, about tonight. He, so. Yeah, he, I don't think literally, I literally I don't think anything is going on. I'm pretty positive of that. Um, uh, but uh, and and he's about to leave town as well, so I don't anticipate um, you know much going on. Although in today's day and age, you can make a move from anywhere. Um, trying to think what else uh, to talk about before we ask for questions. I do have a bunch of uh, bunch of questions. By the way, is the person that uh, that Instagram messaged me asking if you had to be 18 here or 21 here? No? So he didn't show up? So somebody asked, uh, Instagram's asking if they needed to be 21 to come in here. I'm like, no, you could definitely come. And then I saw them all drinking beer, and I'm like, I'm pretty positive it wasn't them. Uh, but I think it might... Uh, yeah, no, perhaps no. we yeah. should keep that one off, yeah, the, yeah. off the air so for a minute. Just, uh, I was just wondering. Um, I think it's interesting that really, I mean, league-wide, it's been really quiet. Oh, Short of the Nazem Kadri signing in Calgary that... Which did uh, shock... I mean, that no. came the day after our last podcast, right. and that was... That was stunning. And, yeah, other than that, I mean, there, there are a lot of guys out there still looking for jobs, and at this point in the season, it, more so than I think normally. I mean, there's always a few guys, yeah. and they're waiting as training camp gets started, teams realize a need, or somebody gets injured. This year, it just seems like there's more. Oh, there's a lot of players out yeah, there. The more guys with legit NHL experience, yeah. three, four, like, five years of experience. Like nobody has signed Ashton Reese yet. He's a good player, right? Uh, Rodriguez, I don't think anybody has signed him. Um, has Tyler Mott signed anywhere? I don't Pretty think sure. so. The one that actually, like, to me, like, I, I knew the Wild really weren't interested because I've been in touch with sources close to this player. But when Paul Stasny signs for 1.2 in Carolina, I, I just, you know, to me, that's one where it's like, if I'm Bill Guerin, I bring him in. Like, you know, the, you can't tell me that Paul Stasny had 60% faceoff and, and still a pretty decent offensive player can't help this team. Yeah, especially if they if they know they're going to start the season without Jordan Greenway in their lineup. So there's a in theory there's a forward spot available. But I also think I think he's ready to 
pass the torch, so to speak, to hand some of the some of those opportunities to the players within his system. And if you get to camp and those guys appear that they're not ready, there are these other veterans that some mm-hmm. of them are the guys to whom you just referred. Well, they can go out and sign one of those yeah. guys. But right now, to lock one of those guys in and therefore block the path for one of your guys in your in your own organization, it seems to be that is the, his strategy. I, I don't yeah. know that for sure, but that sure seems from the outside looking in, it seems to be his philosophy. He's not a big pro tryout guy, but I wonder if this is the year they maybe consider it. He's not a big pro tryout guy when there's really not opportunity there. And then you're just bringing in a guy to, you know, be injury insurance, or you're just going to cut him at the end. And he, that player knows it. But in this year, you know, you have Merrill uh, right now coming back from injury. He's getting closer. Greenway is the interesting one because I'm not positive. He's completely healthy right now. And I'm wondering if his timetable has been pushed back. And then you, regardless of the Greenway situation, you already have that one extra spot. I'm just kind of wondering if this is the year you might bring somebody in. Um, especially because we know that if Adam Beck, like, like I think that now if Greenway, Greenway is not going to be ready for the start of the year, that gives the opportunity for them to move up Tyson Jost in the lineup. I know that he doesn't want to put a guy like Beckman on the fourth line or somebody like that. So, you know, you just wonder if maybe you would bring a veteran in and just see if he can compete for a job. And then if you have other injuries, it's a good thing that they've had there. Yeah, possibly. But I think guys like Beckman are the guys, those are the guys I'm talking about, where I think he's looking at it as I'd sure rather give every opportunity to those guys to make the team, to prove they're worthy. The, I mean, Connor Dewar is going to make the club, yeah. but for a, a more significant role within the team yeah. rather than say, let's put Paul Stastny here. You know what the ceiling is with Paul Stastny. I think for Carolina, it's a great signing. They know they're going to be without Max Pacioretty for half a year, if not more. So throw him in there at a very cheap price. And when Pacioretty comes back, you've got an insurance policy, but you know you need that yeah. guy for the first four months yeah. of the season. I must just burst a, a gasket here trying to think of this. So I, I think in my history of covering the Wild, 18 seasons now. I think they've only signed one PTO guy that they brought to camp. And wasn't it, uh, who's the, long, David something. It was, who's the longtime center that played for the Washington Capitals that came here? It was David, I'm, I'm positive it was David something. Well, I have no and recollection. And they wild signed him at, at, at the end of camp. And I don't know how long he stuck around. Um, but anyway, um, so that, that I, you know, it's just not something that happens a lot here, at least in Minnesota. I don't think there's been any others that I can remember that the Wild sign in terms of PTOs and, and things like that. Remember, they brought Ryan Malone here. In fact, my uh, illustrious final ever article in the Star Tribune was a brief on the Wild bringing Ryan Malone in on a PTO. Yeah, so they, they actually they did didn't sign let Mal- you yeah. write a, hey, thanks for reading over the years? Uh, no, they did not. They, they were like... Uh, I shouldn't bash a strip because I love the strip, but they were like super nice to me during the process and trying to keep me. And then the second I took the athletic job, they, they, the publisher of the newspaper literally told me, you're our competition now. And I'm like, all right, bring it on. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so leave your key card at the door. Yeah, and... It really was that. Um, you know, but I did, I did go, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I did go grab some pads. <laughs> so Pencils, erasers. Yeah. I, the, I thought there was a good article in The Athletic the other day reflecting back on the World Juniors. I know we talked about the World Juniors on last week's show, but they evaluated every drafted prospect from every mm-hmm. country. Did you read that? Yeah. 
That was, was the athletic good. Scott yeah. Wheeler. Yep, and he it, that guy does uh, Yeoman's work at the Athletic, and uh, both him and Corey Promen are two incredible prospect writers. But Scott did a great, great job covering that tournament with Corey. And you're right; he went through every single one. And the one that you know really, there were a couple guys that uh, he really, really lauded. But but it's hard not to just love what we're seeing already from Jesper Walstad. I mean, this guy is legit. And, um, you know, it really feels like the Wild have a future number one goalie right now. I, he looked great in the tourney, and I thought what he wrote about him I found interesting. Clearly the best goalie in the tournament, and I agree. I mean, it, there's, there, it's different playing in the NHL compared to the World Juniors, but for where he is right now, I think the Wild have got, maybe for the first time, they've got what you'd look at as a goalie of the future in their system. And um, I'll tell you, David Spachik, Yaroslav Spachik's son, I thought he was great in the tournament for the Czech Republic. Uh, as we mentioned, Wallstadt was the uh, was the goalie of the tournament as well. Um, Lambos struggled the first game. I don't think he ever played again. No, didn't play yeah. again. Um, and so it'll be interesting to watch him because he's you know he's had a lot of health issues over the years. But and in things fairness like that. to him, I mean Canada was deep yeah, defensively, no doubt. And I forget the guy's name that they put in for him, but he played yeah, great. Yeah, Maestro. Yeah, and he yeah. played awesome. I was talking, listening to some of the. Team Canada guys, and they said they thought he was their most pleasant surprise of the whole yep. tournament. So, Lambo said the first opportunity didn't play well. The other guy goes in and did nothing to take himself out of the lineup. Yep, Liam Ogren, a young player for uh, Team Sweden team, late ad, uh, didn't get a ton of ice time, but played well. Ryan O'Rourke, you know, really didn't show much in the tournament as well. Um, you know, the the one guy that that really to me imp- impressed me was their. Petrovsky, their their seventh round pick from Slovakia. I thought he was awesome. Um, well, Brock Faber was awesome. Yep, Brock Faber was awesome. Did exactly what we've always talked about. Maybe not the guy who's going to light up a score sheet, but he's so efficient in his own zone. A responsible player, a good skater, and a good puck mover. He's just maybe not the guy that's. He's not. He doesn't have a nose for the net. He's not a guy who's looking to rush the play, force the play, jump up in the rush. Those kind of things, but just what was it, ten zero? I think five on five. His the U.S. outscored their yep. opponents while he was on the ice. Yeah, was that your analytics there? That uh, oh no, Dylan just tweeted it. I was asking Dylan Laux over from Gopher Hole, but I, I thought you I thought you stole that stat from Dylan. I was going to give him credit, but apparently oh, not. No. Um, uh, Jack Peart as well played for the U.S. So then uh, you know, as we know, uh, unfortunately, um, guys like uh, uh, Pilar couldn't play. Uh, Novak couldn't play, then you're off and who's Nadinov as well. So, um, you know, uh, pretty good, impressive uh, World Juniors for the Wild, and now we'll see who graduates from this World Junior and actually plays in the 2023 one in, in December. Hunter Haight from Canada as well has a chance, um, but Canada, as we see, they're always stacked as well. Who's got questions? Come on up. Otherwise, I'll go to Twitter questions right off the hop. There we go. By the way, if you want any uh, painter's tape, if you have to, like, fix up your house or anything, uh Brandon's got plenty, apparently. And he has the Simon audio board going again yeah. with the color key coded. The <laughs> every time the Patriots tape right. like pops up here, I'm just like thinking that the sign here is going to fall. So, uh, so the question is: the uh, front office evaluations came out, and uh, Wild front office was like number eleven or whatever, mm-hmm. up a spot, and then Vegas plummeted down to like thirty first or something, mm-hmm. and so. My question is, what'd you think of the evals for the league, for the wild, for Vegas? And did you listen to the athletics podcast with the interview with Daniel Negreanu, where he basically said, I would bet Seattle wins a cup 
before Vegas does. Yeah, he's down on a side so note, Daniel, really well. I've, in fact, I've done the – so we've done at The Athletic two stories on Daniel Negrano, and I've done them both. That's because I'm a poker degenerate. Um, but uh, um, – <laughs> I don't think that the, the, the evaluations were a shock. Like, you knew Philly was coming in dead last, right? Um, Vegas is – there's been a lot of, um, you know, uh, as uh, their honeymoon period is big time over. Um, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things where I just feel like um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people in the league that are starting to watch the cap situation, the way that it was handled in Vegas, where they really went for broke at the beginning, signed guys to long-term deals, seized the cap situation that they're having, the whole flurry Leonard situation. Now Leonard's not even there, so they don't have a goalie. You know, they have to trade Pacioretty for nothing, and then what happens, coincidentally, what, a couple weeks later, he busts his Achilles, and if that happened two weeks earlier, they would have gotten out of cap hell. And there's, there is this impression right now around the league that players are not treated great there. And so I don't know how fair that is, but you just knew that the public perception from fans were, it was going to drop it. Yeah, I didn't read the article about the evaluation or, or how or why they arrive at those things. But, I mean, they made, a, they made a run early, and everybody applauded them for what they did right out of the gates. But they also did it. And, and this is what we talk about with the Wild right now, is that it's really easy to support what Billy Guerin's doing and pat him on the back and say, I love the guy coming in, no BS, there's the door kind of thing. Well, that all comes at a price. And so all of it is great, but if two or three years from now it hasn't panned out, that's the bottom line when you're a general manager. You're paid to win or lose. And he believes in what he's doing. It's we got to find out if it works. And it, when you look at what Vegas did... They made their run, and then even this year, they doubled down when they made the Eichel deal where you knew that it was going to put them yeah. in an absolute no-win situation with, in terms of the cap and backed them into a corner where they had to trade Patch ready for nothing. And so it always comes at a price when, you, when everybody says, well, whoa, look, at they were the team willing to go all in on Eichel. Well, willing to go all in, but here's the price. And yeah. and. This is they, They've been a little bit in disarray from the start, I've felt. I mean, it, you can't just always go for it. There's times where you, you, can't, where you have to be smart about the future. They've already fired two coaches and two guys that have had a lot of success elsewhere. I mean, this, this doesn't seem to be a, an organization that's got a, a long-term plan like I think we are seeing here in Minnesota. I think Billy has a plan. And we got to find out. We'll see if it works. But there's no doubt he's got things more laid out for the next three, four, five years than an organization like Vegas had. And w one big reason why the Wild management got um, huge kudos in that story is based on the work that that they've done in terms of uh, drafting and developing. That Judge Brackett has brought in a, a ton of guys here in his staff. That Bill Guerin hasn't traded a, a draft picks at all. He's he's really come in with this plan that they were going to build from. Um, you know, a prospect pool and, and um, you know, but look, if, if the Wild struggle this season, which is always a possibility, um, if uh, you struggle and then knowing this cap hell that they've got that actually gets worse in the next two years, I guarantee you next year it's going to be a little different numbers. I mean, that's, just, I, that's the way it works. I don't think struggling this year affects it. I think if it's, if it's two years down the road, they're not a team that's ready to, poised and ready to contend in the West. That's where then it would – right now, the deals they made this year don't make them better. Yeah. I'm just talking from a fan I mean, perception Brock standpoint. Faber, well, if, like if, they if they struggle this year, 
And next summer, fans are asked to vote on the management. They're going to drop. I mean, they might, yeah. but I'm saying I don't think they should because I, I don't. I mean, this year you may you you traded Kevin Fiala for Brock Faber, who's not going to likely play in the NHL this year. You traded Cam Talbot for a goaltender who's not as good as Cam Talbot. So the the moves they made will not make them better this year. But I believe that two years from now you've got a team that should be ready right. to make a run in the West. So. If this year they're not as good as they were last year, I don't think that should change the, the way job, fans the, evalu- the, the job that the front office is doing. I think they have right. – this is exactly the point I was just making is they've got a plan, and they're on that path, and I don't right. think they're willing to waver from yeah. it. I'm just saying that the, there's no – like fans next year, if they vote, they're gonna, there's just going to be a little negativity in that evaluation process. I'm not saying that you're wrong in terms of that – that there shouldn't be that that perception out there, but but that's just the nature of the business. If they don't make the playoffs, there's going to be discontent out there. You know what's amazing though is that the Wild are actually, from what I'm told, is uh, you know uh, in an interesting summer where they've done very little and they traded Fiala for nothing. And um, well, not for and, nothing. Uh, yeah, for nothing for I mean, this nothing season. this season. Um, sorry, I think they distracted. Danny Heatley. Yeah, they have so the, with the, the third best odds in the West, I believe, yep. to win the Cup in Vegas right now, which that's it says something. I mean, I just think you're looking at a club that is – I just don't think they're going to be better than they were last year. But as we've talked on earlier shows, I don't think anybody in the Central Division is going to be better than they were last year. So you might be looking at a team that that even though you lost some firepower is right in the same spot they were a season ago, a playoff team that – is in a first-round series they could or should win. I just think you're probably two years away from looking at a team that is, okay, when the season starts, this might be the team to beat in the West. How about the retooling, by the way, the Calgary Flames on the fly? Holy cow. I mean, it really is unreal. They lose Johnny Goudreau. They trade, uh, you know, Matt Matt Kachuk. They they go out, and then they trade Matt Kachuk and get uh, get Huberto back in there. And McKenzie Weger. And then... uh, And And we're able to lock up Huberto. When they made that trade... I know there were a lot of people who were right away saying this is a win for Calgary because you gave away a player that had made it clear he wasn't going to re-sign yep. there, and you got – and I, I kept thinking about it. It's only a win if Huberto's there more than a year. Well, they locked him up. Uyghur's a not just a throw-in. He's a very good player. And then they make the deal for Kadri. I, I think that's – it's pretty amazing what they did because they went from, I thought, the second-best team in the West – to a team that looked like they were going to have a hard time contending to now right back up to one of the teams to beat in yeah. the in their division, but also in the conference. And they got rid of, uh, you know, Monaghan. They had to give him away and give, a, you know, basically give away a first, which is why I think the Islanders got out of the Kadri situation. I don't think they were willing to pay the price to go out and, and create the cap space. But look, they, they get, they, they, you know, the, the one thing about Monaghan is he has just been a dog the last two or three years. And so they, you know, yeah, you give away a first, but you create the cap space to go and make these other external moves and you lose Monaghan from your lineup, which again has just not worked at all. For some reason, his his game is beyond belief deteriorated the last couple of years. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, questions or we'll go to Twitter account. Twitter's, Twitter's, we don't want to make this whole thing about tweets, do we? Well, we just had a great weekend with some good friends up in Minong, Wisconsin, on a lake on Red Lake, and tremendous weekend, and it's one of the highlights of our summer every year. 
And on the way up, it's always a stop at Kowalski's. We had some unbelievable food there. I know we talk a lot about their steaks. In this instance, we picked up sea bass on the way up. And they're so good about it. If you, if you want sea bass, you just let them know a day ahead of time. They'll have it ready for you to pick up. So I just said, hey, I need this much sea bass. They had it ready. We grabbed it, visited their, their buck bucket for a couple cheese selections, red table salami out of the, their cheese and, and salami area. It had unbelievable charcuterie, unbelievable sea bass for dinner. No matter what you need, Kowalski's has it, and they're so helpful with you to make sure that it's easily findable, take care of you, make sure you're prepared. If you're going to have a great meal with great friends, you got to start with the best, and for that, I go to Kowalski's. And if you're going to cook that great meal, you want a new house to do it in, Anthony, and if you're thinking about selling your home, now is the time. Now is the time. Now you can get a strong cash offer, sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer with Chris Lindahl Real Estate. You know him, the, big, the guy on the billboards with his arms out. I've known Chris forever. I, I used know. to play basketball play, against yeah, him. Yeah, he used to beat you in basketball, I bet. From time to time. Yeah. Don't worry about the hassle of constant cleaning and home maintenance. Sell your home with Chris Lindahl today. Go to chrislindahl.com, fill out a quick form, receive an all-cash offer on your home today, no obligation. And the guaranteed offer allows you to bypass the market and sell your home hassle-free. That means no showings, no open houses. No stress, just choose when you want to move, and you will uh, do that with absolute confidence. The Chris Lindell Real Estate Guaranteed Offer keeps you in control. It's that simple. Go to chrislindell.com to get a guaranteed offer on your home today so you can start packing. Certain restrictions apply. And here's a word from Bosch Law Firm. Hey, hockey fans. Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. What's up? So since a while, they haven't been doing much and I think everybody's tired of listening to you guys try to guess what's in Bill Guerin's <laughs> head or Vladimir Putin's I thought you were just going to end with tired of listening <laughs> to you two guys. It's a, First, I have a question for Anthony about the broadcast. I've noticed that when you call a goal, the second it goes across the red line, you're calling the goal. So my, I've always been curious, is the audio slightly ahead of the video on the broadcast, or are you just that good? Well, I don't know about that good, but no, and it's not. And he does it blind, which is more impressive. Yeah, they're supposed to be, they're in sync. They're not, they're the audio is not okay. ahead or behind, I guess it would be. Um, it's supposed to be in sync. There, we had an issue two years ago, I think. They were, there was some new technology that was allowed for the ads like on the boards. And because of that, it created a second and a half delay in the video. So there were, for a one season, there were some times where you'd see the puck hit the post and then you'd hear the clank about a second later. So I don't know. I mean, I, and to Michael's point, I did call about half the season last year with only one eye. So that it was, I was not, uh, it wasn't as sharp as normal. I, I mean, I'd like to think I see that I see it quickly. You're usually, I mean, I try to, I try to be right on it. What's impre it's impressive. Well, Michael, I, appreciate I, hope, that. I hope you read the comments and the Rossi story. Yeah, I know that was humbling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, somebody the other day I was in Cancun and I'm, I'm on my patio just, uh, 
staring at the ocean, and I looked to my right, and there's a couple on the next patio. And, uh, they, and so it was the guy's birthday. And the woman's like, you know, my husband doesn't drink. Do you want this bottle of champagne? I'm like, yeah, I'll take the champagne. And, you know, I think at some point I'd open it up there in the week. I didn't. Brought it back to Minnesota. So I got this bottle of champagne if you want to uh, go for round well, two. We can, we'll enjoy it on the patio, and I'll just have somebody else open it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I don't know if Margo is going to ever let you, um, you know, have champagne again. She has allowed me to open them now. It's, I take a, little, a few more precautions than before. We were just talking about this last week when I was, I was playing in a golf tournament, and some guys were asking me about the story. And when I started, I, I've had, I got hit in the eye with a hockey stick when I was like 12 on an Easter Sunday. And we, we went to the hospital only because my mom was convinced I needed stitches in my eyebrow, which I did. And when I went into the doctor, and he was like, well, we're going to let you go home. And I was like, go home? I thought I was just getting stitches in my eyebrow. And he said, well, you have a bunch of blood vessels broken in your eye, so you have to wear an eye patch and lay perfectly still for a week. But I think you're old enough so we can let you go home. And then maybe six or seven years ago, I got hit in the other eye with a golf ball in a, on a golf course. My brother-in-law bladed a wedge out of the sand trap and dropped me on the green. I had to get 12 stitches in the other eye. And now a champagne cork to the eye. So I was, as I was telling the story of these people in the golf cart, they advisor, right? They just said, "Well, maybe I ought to start wearing like a helmet in everyday life or something." Yeah. I, it, I'm pretty fortunate with the how close I've come in a profession where you kind of need your eyes to be able to function properly. Yeah. And uh, I've been pretty lucky. Yeah, I almost wanted to show this kid this text. This kid just walked in with a Danny Heatley uh, shirt, and he literally just texted again. So uh, <laughs> he's just peppering us during this podcast. Um, uh, I'm going out to L.A. You know what next. the best Danny yeah. Heatley story is? Yeah. is oh, yeah. Is, so the Masters? Yeah, years after, not years, but a couple of years after he had retired, we were out at this Masters so in Newport Beach, and we had a group of about 10, maybe, yeah, 8 yeah. or 10. We had a big table. And all of a sudden, somebody came over. It was, it was shots of fireball, right? Yeah, well, and they, well, they brought shots of... What happened is they brought these shots of whiskey or whatever, put it in front. I thought it was like Jack Daniels or something or, or Jameson or whatever. <laughs> I had no idea what I was about to drink. And then uh, so, But they brought it them out to the table, fire. and it was shots of fireball for the table. Yep. And we were all like, we didn't order these. And they're, no, 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 somebody else did. And so we do this, and all of a sudden, Danny Heatley's across the restaurant and you know, stands up and he goes, you go trick yeah, that Russo. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> the rest of us drank it and Russo was like studying his. And and so yeah. that that got him out of the woodwork to reveal who was the purchaser yeah, of the Yeah, we had no shots. idea who bought this uh, thing. And all of a sudden, Danny Healy in Mastro's, which is yeah. like one of the nicest restaurants right. in Newport. And he wasn't at the table the next bar. to us. He was yeah. across yeah, yeah. the room. And he like screams in this restaurant like, you go drink that Russo. So... Yeah, it was it was funny. Um, so yeah. Uh, by the way, two for one's grain belt. If you just walked in and didn't get one, so uh, and you get a raffle ticket. There you go. Danny Healy just got up and got it. So there you go. Um, more questions. Got a mic over here. Make sure if you get those two for ones, you get a raffle ticket uh, for the end of the night. All right, well, let's go to Twitter questions. So we, um, do, well, do, the one, one person did ask about the Islanders' offseason. I mean, don't you think that is the big reason why they – because it sure felt like Kadri was going to the Islanders. And I just think when you see the, what Calgary had to do and the price they had to pay to give up uh, that – you know, to give up Monaghan, give, give up a first-round pick and to, in I order to get I think it's a Kadri. little different. The, the Islanders are – 
certainly in need of some scoring punch, yep. but I do think they're better down the middle than Calgary was. Yep. And I think they're a little more set at that center spot. So maybe they weren't willing. I think they're still recovering. I, I felt all along they thought they were going to be the landing spot for Johnny Gaudreau for a long time. And I don't know what, I don't know how serious those talks got. I don't know how late yeah. they were involved, but I kind of felt all along like they thought they were in the yeah. running for well, that. I could tell you Jersey thought they were in the running for Goudreau, and I think that kept them out of the Fiala sweepstakes. I'm sure if they had to do a little revisionist history, they'd probably uh, get back in on Fiala. Um, Bruce Loken asks, uh, do players ask you if you have heard anything about their fate, trade rumors, or contract? And if so, do you tell them? I actually, when I broke the, um, so the night before uh, Nick Schultz was traded to the Edmonton Oilers for Tom Gilbert, I was writing in, my, in the Star Tribune that Nick Schultz was likely getting traded the next day on trade deadline day. And because I have such a good relationship with, with Nick Schultz, I actually, after the game, pulled him out of the locker room just to give him a heads up of what I was writing. And uh, so that, that was something. Um, there are a bunch of players that used to always hear anything. They always are hear anything, hear anything, but about them. Um, one player I can always remember that was always like, are you hearing anything about me? Are you hearing anything about me in the, in the, in the rumor mill was Todd White when he was center for the Wild, uh, number 28, uh, currently a scout for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He was always big into like, you know, what are you hearing out there? So um, how about you? I mean, yeah. Not often when it comes to themselves. I have had a few players ask if they had heard anything like were the, was the team likely to acquire somebody like, uh, hey, are we are we making a move? Have you heard anything? That kind of stuff. But very, I've never had a player ask me if I had heard if he was being moved. Right. I've heard him ask you. Yeah. yeah. Question, sir. Yeah, so this isn't really a, a hockey question, but um, I'm a teacher, and uh, over my spring break this year, um, my wife and I are going to go to uh, Budapest, Vienna, and oh. Prague. Wow. So I got a couple questions. You know, Why didn't you go in yeah. July? Yeah, well, I mean, well, like, <laughs> goodness. If you're a teacher, you're so like the most offensive well, thing. Yeah. Like well, I, I, there is a story there. So we we went to we went for two weeks to Paris this year for our 25th anniversary, which oh, was delayed by nice. COVID for a few years. So that was that was in the works already. But I got you. Well, we, we would love to go. We celebrated a 22nd and a 23rd birthday while we were there. We could have celebrated a 25th anniversary. We'd have been happy to. Yeah. Well, you know, if I I don't know. Maybe if I was on TV, I could afford it. But I'm a teacher, <laughs> so you know, just only what, one European you're trip going a summer. Now anyway, true. All right. um, so my question is, um, so if we were going to go to, like, is there a restaurant we shouldn't miss if we're, like, a, a food experience or something you had there that we shouldn't miss? Yeah, I think there's a few. Uh, Budapest, I hope you like paprika, because they put that in <laughs> everything they make. Yeah. The, but the, we, there, one of the... Wait, what was the, you got to tell me about the bar that we went to. What was yeah, the name of that place? the bar was called the Blue Ox, I think. It was Blue something. I think it was the Blue Ox. Do you remember that? And it was um, blue something. It's yeah. it's, we'll, we'll it's in the, the hotel right next to the Ritz Carlton. Yep. So it's, and it, that's it's, worth, it's a great bar. That's worth visiting. Yep. But there's an open market that is kind of cool to visit, and they have like street food kind of stands yeah. there. And that was that was good in Budapest. In Prague, I would go to the Italian spot that we went to. That was terrific. Yeah. Uh, was Kogo Kasheka or Kogo Kashelka or something like that. <laughs> um, there's also a restaurant there called El Argentino. Oh, I know which one you're talking. I got a text from that. Um, El Ar like La Argentine or El Argentine's the steakhouse. And then let me find uh, the text for the uh, Italian piece. This is a great. This is a great pod. Like people yeah. at home right no, now. No, but it's you'll it's love like, all three cities. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, and there's a, a there. I'll think of the name. I'll talk to you Kogo after the show. Prague. About it. It's uh yeah, Kogo Prague. That was incredible. Yeah. Uh, 
Kogo, Were you doubting me? Havelska. Well, you didn't know yet. I mean, said check the Kogo. Name. <laughs> Kogo, Havelska. It, uh, so there's in Vienna, There we, we visited a little alley Italian place that yeah. was off the charts good, but there were also like some of the little beer halls and stuff there yeah. were terrific. But I got like seven, eight restaurants in Vienna that I can give you that, uh, that Vanek sent me. So, and they were all, uh, I went to two we didn't of them. go to any of them. No, I went to two of them. Yep. Yep. I went to two. You were not with us. And I know you guys, I, I mean, you like wine. Were you drinking wine in Eastern Europe or was it more beer then? Pretty much or? everything. Yeah, a little bit of both. The, the, most of the places, I would say in Budapest, we didn't drink much wine, but Vienna, I the did. wine was okay. And Prague, Prague had, there were a couple of vinotecas there that were, that had a mix of local wines, but they, yeah. they're so close to some of the, the more famous winemaking countries. Like there was, we went to one vinoteca in Prague when we were walking back down from a, a monastery that's worth the trip if you're there. And they had a good selection of Italian wine and Spanish wine. If you're into those two, it was, that was really good. Austria had some, most of Vienna where we drank anyway, were their own wines, their own local wines. And they were, they were good, not great. I'd say their beer was better. And I'm not a big beer drinker, but went over there and you're in these beer making countries. That's what we drank. And it's all terrific. Oh, was good. I'm trying to find the name of that. The bar we went to in Budapest that was like been around the, since. Well, the Ruins bars are yeah. worth visiting. Go to the Ruins bars. They're, they're really cool to see. They're, it was in the Jewish quarter in Budapest yeah. on the Pesh side. In the ghetto. And it was like blown up and they just left it vacant for, I think they said for like 35 or 40 years. And then somebody came in and bought it and said, we're not going to fix it. We're not going to change it. We're just going to turn it into an open market with bars. And it's pretty cool. It's called, uh, z- z- the one that we loved was Zimpla, S-Z-I-M-P-L-A, Kurt Mosey. There you go. So there you go. But you'll have a blast. How are you getting from city to city? Don't know yet. We, we, just, we just started thinking about this trip last week, honestly. So okay. we, we don't have got that figured out yet. Did you do train? I mean, we did train for, uh, we did bus, bus for some and boat for some. Yeah. But, the, but I know there are trains that. You can ride because our our guide left his satchel in his hotel and had to have a buddy take it on the train with him to go from one city to the other. So yeah. I know trains are available, but the the river cruise thing that we did was from Bratislava to Vienna. That was that was pretty cool because you went yeah. through the floodplains where you weren't like within the cities. You were just out in the basically the wilderness. Bratislava along is the, a really cool place, and it's between Prague and Vienna. So yeah. definitely, I would. And then if For you sure do we'll that, you take the 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 catamaran, the fast catamaran down. It right. was incredible. Nice. Yeah. And then one last question. I don't think it's been announced yet, but like, when are you going to announce the the other hockey ride? Uh, probably uh, uh, two weeks. Uh, so okay. uh, our writer uh, that we are going to hire, we just he's leaving uh, town today tomorrow for a couple weeks with his wife, and I'm trying not to give it away. Um, and, uh, and just making sure that he hasn't announced that, that he's leaving town. Um, and then we're going to announce it the day we, we just thought that it would be two things. One is that, you know, we didn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to be stressed the next two weeks, just, you know, being on Twitter. And then obviously wild fans are going to be super excited when they find out who it is and they're going to be tweeting him and he's going to ghost him for two weeks because he's going to try to get off the beaten path. And then he'll be showing up in Minnesota around early October. So I'll be covering all of training camp. And um, as I said, the plan is that he and I are going to basically split the beat and split national as well. And it's just going to be, I think it's going to be unbelievable for Wild fans. So 
Um, this guy, uh, uh, my biggest fear is uh, Wild fans will start to realize how overrated I am. You know, when they start like to him, him better, he'll yeah. be he'll just they'll be a happier like guy. They'll definitely like him better. Uh, we definitely, I mean, we have different skill sets and we're definitely different personalities, but we're super close friends. In fact, um, him and his wife are actually coming to Minnesota. Um, I think September twenty fourth to the twenty seventh to look for places. And uh, they're actually going to stay with me for three days, uh, you know, all that type of stuff. So it's going to be really cool. Uh, I'm really excited. So uh, Thank you. Yeah. Really neat. Next, now that we did the travel uh, circuit around, uh, around uh, Budapest, Prague, we got to do next year's So We got to start planning that. We're thinking like Amalfi Coast and... Uh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to and, land in Sicily. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's our hope. Question, Autumn. What a great name. Thank you. Yeah. You only know one, though. How yeah. special. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. My question for you is, if you do you think Gustaf- Gustafson is going to perform to the level and expectation that Garen is going to have this year? And if he doesn't, do you think we're going to see Wallstead a couple of times this year? Anthony, I mean, I think they're going to le- definitely let uh, Wallstead uh, get some time down there, but I, I mean, man, I know it's the world juniors and we got to see, I mean, remember who was it? The, who was the wilds, um, in 2010 when Sweden won the world juniors, um, who's the wild draft pick that was the goalie on that team with Brodeen and, and Johan Larson. It was, wasn't it Gustafsson too? It was Johan Gustafsson. Could have been. And obviously he never turned in anything. So like it's world juniors, it's world juniors. Obviously it was really great to see Wallstep play this well. But this is a huge transition to turn into North American pro hockey. They're going to put him down there. But does that mean in the second half of the season, if Flurry and, and Gustafson are not getting it done here, do they go make a move? Maybe. Yeah, I think it depends on what he yeah. does in Iowa. Yeah. But if he goes down and dominates the American Hockey League, I yeah, think maybe. it's certainly reasonable to think that he could make an appearance. And it also depends on the two guys up here. If one of them, if, if you get a long term injury where you need somebody for a longer stretch, I'd say they'd, uh, my guess is they'd like to see Wallstead play an entire season in the American Hockey League. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now that, now that they, um, you know, I don't think they ever thought that this Cam Talbot situation was going to happen. And if that's the case, they might have actually made a different choice on their third goalie. And now, you know, Zane McIntyre's their third goalie. Are they confident that he could come up or would they actually bypass him and bring up Wallstead? It really might depend on the year, how both are playing. But that wouldn't shock me, actually. You know, I, I do think, and I don't mean this as any slight on Zane, I think if they knew that they were going to trade Cam Talbot, they probably would have up, they would have gotten a different third goalie. That's just my gut, you know, um, on that situation. And then what city are you guys looking to travel to um, for this upcoming season? Like, which one are you looking forward to? Um, I, uh, I mean, I always look forward to New York. I know you're looking forward to New York this year because your wife's coming on the trip. Um, yeah, it's a lot of times it depends on the timing of that. In New yeah. York this year, we it looks like we'll be there for four days with the Islanders and Rangers on the same trip. We have I'm three days in to, Vegas. We have three days in Arizona. I'm looking forward to the those. The very first trip, Boston to Montreal with two off days in Montreal in between. I'm excited about that one. Montreal's a great city. And so the, I'd say the New York trip and the that first one to Boston and Montreal might be the two at the top of my list. Three days in Vegas over March Madness will be fun. That's a that's a different kind of fun than than Boston and New York. Yeah, yeah. Fergie, you want to come on there? So big, big special guest is in the uh, in the uh, hall today. 
Longtime Tatino Grace uh, head football coach Jeff Ferguson's in the house. Yeah, when he shows up, I'm always worried I'm about to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, how, like, uh, like how many? It was totally many losing was, seasons it, in a row. Could you have before you get rid of the defensive guy? Well, well we only had one. Okay. We had a winning season the year before, but it was, yeah, the defensive back coach could get fired any minute. My wife, I think, is lobbying for that to happen. <laughs> But it's uh, Jeff Ferguson was the head coach there when I started as, as as a defensive assistant. I've been there now for 14 years, and yeah, when he shows up, it was totally random today. He, I was at practice. He wandered by and said, "Hey, good to see you. I'm going down to Elsie's for to meet some guys for happy hour." I said, "Well, I'll be at Elsie's in about two hours for a podcast." And it was, what are the odds that yeah, we right. both happen to be coming here at the same time? Yeah, there you go. More questions. Back to Twitter questions. You have any uh, questions, Anthony? No. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find this. A lot of editing I can see here. Um, who is the Wilds' number one asset after 97? I mean, Marco Rossi is considered definitely their top, top prospect right now, but Wallstad has got to be right under that, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I, there's also some pretty good other players that are established players in the mm-hmm. league. I mean, in terms of asset for future value, Rossi for sure has to be number two just because of where he is in his career. But, I mean, there are some guys that are probably more, I'll say, more important, more integral yeah. to success this season. Uh, Ryan Chambers asks, this is a great question, actually. Do you think the Wild will put Faber in the NHL lineup after college is over or straight to the AHL? I think it really has to do with how they're playing at the time. Um, what their injury situation is, and if they trade Matt Dumba by then. If they trade Matt Dumba at the trade deadline, um, I could absolutely see Marco uh, uh, Brock Faber go right into the NHL lineup based on his age and how, how good of a player he is. Uh, somebody said Eric Stahl played in the debut league on Monday. Is he planning on being signed or getting a PTO? He actually signed a PTO already for Florida right now. Question again. Actually, I have a couple of them now. Uh, did you good. see the fight in the, in the debut yeah, league? Yeah, Vinny and Teddy Bluher dropped the gloves in the beauty league, and it was real. It really? wasn't like, yeah, it was real. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, quick question: uh, a guest request, mm-hmm. uh, John Torchetti. Okay. My wife will drive me here. Nice. Um, I don't know if uh, when's Torch going. You know, Torch actually comes to Minnesota a lot because his partner son lives in Woodbury, I believe, and actually I think owns like the Orange Theory or something. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so actually, Torch uh, comes here a lot with Rhonda's his uh, partner. So uh, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll have him on. He's been on my other podcast a couple times, and he's always fun. he's a he's an entertaining guy. Oh my god, you will love you you'll love the after show if uh, Torch comes here. That's for sure. So, what are the chances I'm doing this ad in Aquarius Home Services? The local authorized dealer for Connecticut water treatments is actually on its way to my house to change out my water filters. They do that a couple times a year. Well, also I have their water softener system and make sure your water is soft throughout your entire home or your cabin with Connecticut water treatment system at Aquarius Home Services and Connecticut. Their water specialist will test your water and recommend one of their many water treatment options that solve any water problem within your home or cabin, giving you peace of mind. Connecticut water treatment systems are proven to be the world's most efficient water softener with continuous 
soft water. And Connecticut provides the best reverse osmosis system in the industry, providing worry-free drinking water. And I could tell you that for a fact because I've had it for about two years now. Contact Aquarius Home Services and Connecticut for a free water analysis. Now, Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended, which is why I always recommend them. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. Take the checking account challenge from Royal Credit Union. Compare your checking account to Royal and see why it makes sense to switch. Royal's checking accounts have no hidden fees and lots of free features that make it easy to stay on top of your money. You can deposit checks with Royal's mobile app, receive real-time notifications when transactions happen, and even freeze your debit card in seconds. See what other features you're missing out on and make the switch to a Royal checking account at rcu.org slash royalchallenge, insured by NCUA. So then my other wild question is, uh, Matt Boldy, uh, when do you expect an extension and what does it look like? Um, My gut says three years times three and a half, four. I think they'd love to get him at three or three and a half, but who is it? Dobson just got a bridge deal at four. Um, So bridge deals are very different from when I first started covering the league. (laughs) Bridge deal, your prove it deal was like three times two, right? Wasn't that what Jason Zucker once was? you know, they could do it now. I think they're waiting. Um, actually, I have to reach out to his agent about something else, so maybe I'll, I'll get some, some intel on that. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I think that it, it could happen at any time. But last time I talked to uh, sources inside the wild, I didn't get impression that they felt it was a, a pressing need that they had to do now. No, and sometimes when, from a hockey team standpoint, you wait on that and basically give a guy a chance to prove it and sometimes that can make the price tag go up. There are other times where it's gone the other direction, but I, I mean, I don't think it's, it's not like they're, it's at risk of not getting resolved between these two for sure. Yeah. Uh, Biff Sticks asks, uh, any idea if the team will be going to Duluth for a team bonding event that will actually happen uh, to a different city this year, a little south? Um, is, let's see. Kelly asks, is the new beat raider inside the division or outside division? I don't want to say. Any idea when the reverse retros are third – Jersey or hitting the ice. Third Jersey, not till next year. The reverse retro um, has been a really unorganized thing by the NHL, which I think is frustrating a lot of teams. Um, but I think that they're starting to come up with dates when they're going to put this out. Uh, but right now, it doesn't seem imminent. At least that's the last time I checked on it. How about, so. did you see the new name of the arena in Tempe? Uh, no. Mullet Arena. No way. Yep. It's That's Mullet perfect. Arena. It's called it's named after a couple that donated a bunch of money to the university to build it. That is but it's called Mullet yeah. Arena. That is I mean, that honestly is like to me that whole situation, it's almost it's, getting funnier it by it's the like minute. It's like a Saturday Night Live yeah. skit. Now you're yeah. going to play an NHL team yeah. in a 5,000-seat college arena yeah. and call it Mullet Arena. James Blanchard uh, asked, by the way, as as I go through Twitter questions right now and beg for people here, I'm just just Billy, just sign anybody, you know? I'll talk about a PTO for the next hour on the next podcast. Um, James Blanchard asks, have we witnessed peak Brodeen yet? Does he have another level, Anthony? You're the Brodeen guy. Not well, that I'm not. I, I think he has another level offensively. I've always felt that. And I think we've seen glimpses of it the last couple Ooh, seasons. Good question here. But he's defensively, he's right up there with the best in the league in terms of shutting yeah. the other team's best down. and. I still think there's more there offensively. We saw a little bit more of him on the power play late last year, yeah. and I'd expect we'd see more of that this year. Uh, here's a great question. Which players on the Wild are most fun to talk to outside of hockey? Great question. Um, I mean, Felino's right up uh, Flurry's right up there, but Felino is as good as it gets. Yeah, I haven't talked much with Flurry yet. 
off away from the rest of the media, but uh, Felino would be right up there. Jordan Greenway's entertaining. Yeah, he's uh, he's you know entertaining. Who, who actually is is uh, secretly, and you you'll agree with this. I know you will. That secretly, like, just you know, awesome to talk to when the you know off the rank, all that is Ryan Hartman. Like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he is. He he's is. You're really, in fact, actually, last year when I went to do the Justin Morneau. Uh, outdoor game story with Dan Hayes. He and I closed uh, when we were done. We went to Red Cow for a quick dinner before they closed and drinks. And Ryan Hartman and his now fiance were in there at the end of the bar. So I they didn't see me. So I uh, had the bartender buy him a drink. And next thing I know, they come over and we close the place down. Like uh, Dan Hayes is from Chicago, our baseball writer at the Athletic, and Ryan Hartman's from Chicago. And those two. Like they mentioned Pearl Jam, and next thing you know, it's like two hours later, they're just still like yucking it up. It was no, he's cool. a great guy. I had a chance. Yeah. We did a story with him on his goal scoring this year, and we sat down, broke down some clips on video, mm-hmm. and and had a chance to chat with him for probably an hour over the course of that piece. And he, he's really an interesting guy and well-spoken guy and a, more of a cerebral guy mm-hmm. when it comes to the game than you would yeah. think. You kind of think of him as a little pain-in-the-neck guy. And he is, but he also really thinks the game at a different, at a more advanced level than you'd think. I did a podcast with him before last year, during training camp last year, and I, I thought it was as good as podcasts that I've done. You know, another one is John Merrill that, uh, that I like talking to. Uh, Walter asks, any info on training camp dates? Uh, that September 22nd it starts. Um, here's a good one. Andrew Woodward asks, uh, which players can you see surpassing their season point total from last season? It's an interesting one because everybody had career years last year. Well, I think Jordan Greenway. Yeah. I mean, now we don't know if he's going to be ready at the start of the season, so that might change it. But if it was an 82-game pace for him, I think he does for sure. His second half last year was outstanding. The first half was not in terms of scoring. So he'd be the one guy. And then Matt Boldy played half a year, so he'd be a logical choice to be that guy. Those would be the first two that would come to mind just in terms of the the actual total if you're talking like points per game you know that's a little tougher because there were a lot of guys who had the best seasons of their career yeah uh, you know marco rossi played a couple games i think we'll see him score a little bit uh, maybe brodeen yeah uh that'd be nice um kate asks uh when are you coming to woodbury to do a live talk show uh, uh no totals up in woodbury but they should put one We'll have a, uh, we'll have a, I, I live in that direction. We can meet at the Tamarack Starbucks and you can have a really live talk show. Question. Yes. So I follow a lot of the players on Instagram and I see in the off season, they're playing some golf. So I was wondering if you guys knew who the best golfer on the team is. Hartman Boldy. Yeah. Hartman's yeah. really good. Matt Boldy uh, well, is unreal. Dean Evison's probably yeah. the best. Yeah. He's pretty good. Uh, Billy Garen's not a bad player and I don't know. Jordan Greenway plays a lot. I yeah. haven't I haven't seen him play, so I don't know. But I, yeah. he plays Bold, a lot. Boldy, I'm told, is a special special golfer. Yeah, really. Yeah, they had a they had a fun team golf tourney when we were in Nashville late last season. Yeah. They we ha- happened to have a couple off days, and the team had a tourney out there, and it was so. And I was I like a hole behind and a hole in front of a few guys, so I saw a few guys swing, but. Uh, but Dean is really good. I played with Dean the day before down there. He's a he's an unbelievable player. Yeah. Any other questions or uh, you might have another question? Oh, yeah, yeah. One more. So, yeah. um, there you go. Do you guys think we'll see another uh, Superman punch from Moose during the home opener Probably. this year? Well, he got so much <laughs> crowd fired up this year. 
Are they playing Winnipeg in the home opener? Who are they playing in the home opener? No, they play the Rangers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe not in the home opener, but when they play Winnipeg. Is Dylan still in the Winnipeg? He, he, I think he's still in the Jets. Yeah, I think so. So, um, Any other questions before we wrap up the show? There's got to be other questions. You all trekked down here to, to come down here. It wasn't just for your... I guess we're, I guess we're wrapping it up. All right. Well, hey. then we got to do our drawing you for the prize winners. You guys don't have winners. questions? You get an extra raffle ticket. We actually have a thing. We have a, like last like several shows. It's like whoever asked the last question wound up winning the, uh, the, the raffle. Right, well, so. we'll give it a oh, shot. Here we go. Uh, my question is, what are your thoughts on the future for Duham? Duham, Anthony. Um, I mean, look, uh, second-year player, I've got to think that, you know, I think he, he probably had a little bit of growing pains last year. Um, I think uh, that, that, you know, one guy that I do think is actually going to have a really good year is Durer because also – there's a lot of love there from the coach. The coach loves him. And so I think he's going to get a lot of responsibility. But Duham is somebody that I think that he's going to use the second half of last year as a learning lesson and, uh, and be better this year. And I think they, yeah. yeah, I think they expected more from him last year, but they didn't take him out of the lineup. No, they and, never did. And it's because they valued him. You know? Yeah. So yeah. They're, there's a, they have some yep. belief Don't, in him. Got to get your raffle ticket before we do the raffle. Right. Um, any other questions? Okay, so again, August 30th, Kowalski's, 7 p.m. in Uptown. Uh, you can get, uh, we have, if it's a beautiful day too, outdoor seating, meat samples. Anthony will be at the grill. We'll be talking wild hockey. And then next live show at a Tuttle's uh, establishment will be at the flagship Tuttle's in Hopkins uh, uh, on September 12th at 7 p.m. So uh, definitely come on out to that. Um, and uh, trying to think uh, if we had anything else. No, that's it for me. Thanks to our awesome sponsors, as always, here on the uh, Worst Seats in the House podcast, uh, hosted by Anthony LaPanta and Michael Russo. Um, thanks, of course, to Grain Belt, uh, Tuttles, Aquarius Home Services, your local authorized dealer for Connecticut Water Treatment, who was at my house this morning and did an incredible job, Royal Credit Union, Kowalski's, Christendahl Real Estate, and Bosch Law Firm. Thanks, everybody, for coming out to Elsie's. Talk Thank to you, you on at Kowalski's in Uptown August 30th. So much coming out, there's nothing going in I know that you feel like you're never gonna win Oh, but the world won't forgive a winner I'll talk about a PTO for the next hour on the next podcast.